Good afternoon, your royal highnesses, your excellencies, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome and thank you, Dr. John Duke Anthony, my dear friend, for your kind words of introduction. It's an absolute privilege and an honor to be with you this afternoon for the National Council's 29th Annual Arab U.S. Policymakers Conference. Once again, you've assembled quite an impressive lineup of speakers and sessions focused on America's relations with the Arab region, the Middle East, and the Islamic world. My association with the National Council on U.S.-Arab Relations dates back many years. I've had the pleasure of serving on the National Council's Board of Directors, as well as the International Advisory Committee. My association and friendship with the National Council's founding president, CEO, and uh, with Dr. John Duke Anthony, uh, as well as the chairman of the board, John Pratt, and the many wonderful people uh, and programs of the council has been a wonderful educational experience. On February 13th, 1945, my grandfather, the 32nd president of the United States, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, ventured to the Great Bitter Lake along the Suez Canal. And he made history by receiving Egyptian King Farouk on uh, his royal entourage aboard the USS Quincy. The meeting between his majesty and my grandfather that day highlighted not only how purchases of Egyptian cotton had supported the United States during World War II, but of also how Egypt and the United States might enhance their economic relations in the future. After their meeting, my grandfather presented King Farouk with an autographed copy of his inaugural address. Just as important now as they were then, discourse, discussion, trade and investment, and people-to-people -people relationships uh, between, the, between Egypt and the United States continue to underpin our mutually beneficial relationship. American institutions in Egypt, such as the American University in Cairo, and others continuously strengthen our bonds of friendship and enhance the work uh, of America's diplomats in areas such as commerce, trade, defense, investment, and education. Today's invited guest, His Excellency Mohammed Abu Elinin, is a leader in the areas of business, trade, and investment, as well as in the polit political realm. He is a pioneer and a Renaissance man who labors tirelessly on behalf of his nation, its peoples, at the highest level of regional and international affairs. I am told that when called upon, he is known to many to quickly jump in his plane and fly around the world to advance Egypt's needs, interests, and concerns in business and political affairs. His Excellency Mohammed Abu El is the founder and chairman of the Cleopatra Group, one of the largest investment companies in Egypt with ventures in agriculture, mining, real estate, tourism, media, technology, and aviation. His brand, Ceramica Cleopatra, is one of the world's largest producers of ceramics, and its products are exported to over 100 countries. 
His Excellency has served in the Egyptian parliament since 1995. He was chairman of the Housing, Public Utility and Construction Committee from 2000 to 2005 and chairman of the Industry and Energy Committee from 2005 to 2011. He was just recently reelected to the House of Representatives earning 85% of the votes for his, from his district. In addition to his business interests and service in Egypt's parliament, His Excellency Mohammed Abu el also served for two years as president of the Parliamentary Assembly of the Mediterranean, or also known as PAM. In, uh, it's an international organization consisting of 37 member countries along the Mediterranean Sea. In 2013, he was unanimously chosen as honorary president of PAM for life, as well as PAM's roving ambassador. Since, 20, since 2007, His Excellency has served as head of the Egyptian European Council, which strives to strengthen political and economic cooperation between Egypt and Europe. The Council's 300-member uh, organization include business people, university professors, current and former ambassadors, and parliamentarians from Egypt, Europe, and Asia. In 2001, His Excellency established the Abu El Alain Foundation, which works to improve literacy, social development, and health services in Egypt. He also serves as international business and economic consultant for the United Nations World Organization for Trade in Services and is an accredited international and industrial arbitrator. His Excellency has joined has been recognized internationally for his business success and innovations. Among the various awards that he's received are largest exporter to the Japanese market, the INPEX, INPEX Award for Creativity and Innovation, the Golden Ladder Award from Italy, the United Nations Industrial Development Organization Award of Excellence, and in May of 2018, the African Union's top industrialists in Africa. On behalf of the National Council in U.S.-Arab Relations, we welcome His Excellency this afternoon, of course for him in Cairo, it's this evening, to the 29th Annual Arab U.S. Policymakers Conference. His Excellency today has brought with him a short video that we're all going to watch together before having the opportunity to hear from him directly Let's now watch the video. Thank you. Egypt, a state of civilization, a country whose roots lie in the depth of history for more than 7,000 years. It is a land of tolerance, the cradle of religions. The prophet Muhammad recommended the good to its people. Moses spoke to the Lord from its land. Jesus, peace be upon him, was in peace in it. The oldest civilizations passed by of Egypt, so Egypt was the cradle of the Ferratonic civilization, an incubator for the Greek and Roman civilization, a beacon for the Coptic civilization, 
and a protector of the Islamic civilization. Today, Egyptians continue to build their modern civilization under the leadership of President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi, a civilization that encompasses all fields, so that Egyptians would dazzle the world again. After the revolution of June 30th, Egypt took important steps to the road of stability. At all levels from security, political, economic, to social. The armed forces' efforts to create tremendous progress in preparing the Egyptian army for combat by strengthening the military infrastructure through establishing military bases in order to preserve Egyptian national security. The army achieved strong successes on the ground in its war against terrorism that Egypt waged on behalf of the whole world, which contributed to the official exit of Egypt from the Global Terrorism Index when the Egyptian people refused that the terrorisme settles in Sinai, the land of peace. In parallel with this war, the Egyptians waged an economic war for the sake of development and construction until the state regained its strength and achieved a large part of its goals while still proceeding with steady steps toward prosperity. Because in Egypt, the standard of living of individuals has increased, the quality of life for the citizens has expanded in general. Services have improved with the implementation of a comprehensive plan for economic reform, which has achieved tangible results, most notably the creation of an investment climate and improvement of the legislative environment to attract investors, which is praised by all international financial institutions. international accreditations for Egypt did not come out of nowhere. Rather, they are a natural product of major national projects. Their achievement crosses the borders, time, and other projects are currently being implemented. For example, the new Suez Canal is at the forefront of these accomplishments. And the development project in the Axis, the Canal, which has advanced through major stages of its implementation, the project of reclamation of one and a half million acres to achieve self-sufficiency in food. The project of establishing millions of housing units for all levels. The project of establishing 14 smart cities, most notably the new Almin city on the north coast. The new administrative capital to be first green city with an area of 170,000 acres that has the capacity to accommodate 7 million people. The establishment of specialized industrial cities integrated in all governance, the National Project for Electricity, and the National Project for Roads and Tunnels. The project to develop education and scientific research and pay attention to the cultural dimension in addition to developing museums.
projects are being carried out by the Egyptians with determination and insistence. Work continues to achieve the dream. Egypt has surpassed the most difficult challenge with the return of a strong state with its solid national institutions. Egypt has successfully passed this mission. We are in the launching stage. Egypt decided to enter the fourth industrial revolution. Egypt is ready with open arms to all investors, which signals a great opportunity for Egypt, the Middle East, and Africa. Egypt invites you all to the launches of the International Egyptian Museum next year. The myth of pharaonic history. Capitalized in that knowledge base is that between one uh, out of three or one out of four of all Arabs is an Egyptian. And so when people wonder about the centrality or the marginality of Egypt's role in regional uh, and world affairs, you have the evidence right there on the demographic uh, level. Also the feat that some 4% of the country uh, is where 96% of the population lives on the banks of the Nile as his Excellency mentioned uh, 7,000 years. Uh, this has been one of the richest uh, budding, uh, blooming and blossoming uh, flowers of uh, the march of human civilization and progress. And with regard to the American University in Cairo, which has honored uh, Your Excellency, uh, not many people are aware that this is America's largest university outside of the United States anywhere in the world. So this is no small feat, sir, that you would recognize uh, by the American University in Cairo. Uh, renewed thanks and appreciation for your being with us again. Uh, good afternoon, Your Royal Highnesses, Your Excellence, Excellencies, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome you all. And special thanks to Dr. John Dock, Anthony, my dear friend, for his kind words in introduction. And also special thanks to Mr. Roosevelt, which was very generous in introduction in my honor to be introduced by him. Special thanks to everybody and to my friend Patrick, which always facilitate and always ruling the cooperation between all the Arab uh, association with 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 American uh, accounts. I am really wishing all, all the best also, all wishing you a happy Thanksgiving. Indeed, today I would like to thank you again for the purpose that you are inviting me to talk about Egypt. And really, really, I would like to invite you all to see what's going on in Egypt. And before to talk about Egypt, I would like really to congr congratulate President Joe Biden 
elected president, hoping that his presidency will witness more momentum for the Arab-American relations, which will be contribute to achieve our common aspiration for peace, stability, and prosperity. As it is clear now to all of us, Corona pandemic, it is a dangerous thing now worldwide. And everybody is thinking, all the countries has been thinking for the result after this pandemic. Today, the worldwide are suffering. Today, a huge idea around. And I think a big change will happen. Changing for the international system, changing for reshaping globalization, reforcing of the national priorities, refocusing in the international priorities and paying attention to the security implication of the economic policies. Indeed, I think with all the rules coming out, with all the idea, the world will be changing and will never be again as before the, the pandemic. This problem, I think, is worldwide. And the triangle between America and Europe and also the Middle East has to sit together to draw a new vision and a new idea to see what we can do. This is number one. The second, as you understand, that the relationship between Egypt and America, it is stable, it's an essential relationship that produced a benefit for both countries. And I think that the history between the relationship in all steps among the history can prove a lot of meaning. We really appreciate the role of President Trump concerning the most important issue which Egypt is facing today concerning the water, the life of Egypt. The water, it is something very important for Egypt, which comes from River Nile, comes from Ethiopia, comes from the south. And just to tell you the story in brief, that among the past hundred years, our agreement with the Ethiopian uh, government is to take 55 cubic meters, million cubic meters of water. Indeed, we find recently they make a dam. Yes, we are happy that, that they are making a dam. We are happy to cooperate with them to make more invest, invest, investment in their countries. But to touch our right, the essential, the, the life of all the Egyptians is alive. And we cannot permit somebody to touch this right. I think President Trump has been making a wonderful situation, inviting all the people to discuss this issue in the White House. And they declare that they are reaching agreement. And suddenly we find that the Ethiopian government has been withdrawn themselves, refusing to sign the agreement. This it was a scandal. This it was a big problem. We don't like to make any confrontation with the people. We have a great relationship with them. But this is our right. 
will never permit any power in the world to take our right. This is it's not only right, this is our life. So I believe, and I call and I'm calling also the new presidency to take care of this situation and to start to gather again these uh, three different countries, Egypt, Sudan, and Ethiopia, and to find a final solution satisfied everybody. I think this is our right. We are going to help as much as we can the Ethiopian government for their investment and their future. Indeed, I know a lot of American friends has been talking about Egypt. And I think I, I'm, I'm glad that I sent you the video, which only give you a briefing about what's going on in Egypt. Egypt is making a modern Egypt today. And if we talk about modern Egypt, President Abdel Fattah Sisi has been gathered all Egyptian power in one track. The, 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 the sustainable development. This is the track of President Sisi. The peace process. He is gathering all our power for every day, every day, when I mean every day, a new uh, uh, initiatives, a new added value, a new project. And each, each area in Egypt is witnesses for its development in each sector worldwide Egypt. But I want to say that Egyptian, with their president, with a big support of the people behind their president, loves our, our president, Fatah Sisi, and trusts him. And this is the way and the gate to make and to achieve all this. It is a miracle today when I'm talking about Egypt. When I'm talking about what happened in Egypt, you cannot believe that we have in six years what is done in six years is more than what can be done in 20 years. Just to give you some numbers, it's clear that Egypt has been 14,000 different projects. 14,000 different projects. These projects is not only in Cairo or Alexander, no. This is distributed among all Egypt, thousand north, east and west. If you just talk about this project, need infrastructure, about more than 11,000 kilometers of roads. If you talk about this government in everywhere, we talk about other 14 new cities, extension to the, to the old governors, and the huge new city, which we call it, I don't know what, what, what I can say because it's, it's a very smart uh, city. It, it, is, it is a new thing which for Egyptian people is a, was a dream to have an area, new area in, in Egypt, which was desert completely. And to build over this uh, area, which represent double or more than old Cairo, all of it together, in order to make a huge and new, modern and smart uh, uh, city. We, we, we call it always the administrative city. This is, is will receive, starting from next year, seven million Egyptian inhabitants to remain there. All the, all the embassies and all the ministries and all uh, other people for all different activities will be transferred to there. 
icing. It is a great job done in a very limited time. It is a value, value added to the economy. It is a chance for, for, to, to give a job to, to the world. And I think that the people from outside admire to go there to see what's going on. Some towers done by Chinese people, friends, which make a lot of towers there, which is going to be 18th floor, 80 floors. And these 80 floors there, you can see easily all the pyramids from 200 kilometers easily. What I want to say, that the numbers which we have been taking now, if you just talk with the video, you see that only two weeks ago, we have been negotiating with a new universities, which in six years, we calculate 15 modern new universities, either for technology, uh, advanced technology, even for different kinds, which is for always looking about the future uh, education. I think between the education and between the great number which added to the schools and the universities, Egypt is going to have a great opportunity to develop with a brain-minded, with a lot of added value. 22 industrial zones has been achieved. Another parallel of Suez Canal has been achieved. If you talk about what's going on uh, with other, other uh, facility and other uh, <coughs> improvement, eight airports, 14 different cities, and also the special economic zone in Suez Canal. And I think that if you see the numbers which has been declared before, that we succeed to reduce the rate of inflation from 33% to 4% and with the occupancy uh, from 13 to 7.2 and the deficit in the budget from 14% to 7% and also the general debt from 108% to 85%. I think Egypt is determined also to, in, to, to interfere inside the fourth industrial uh, revolution and that's why all the universities, all the uh, industrial zones are clear to everybody. We're coming to all the investors, comes from Europe, comes from America, comes from China, comes from Russia, and they start to appear in, in, in the market that there, there is a new industrial zone, Russian industrial zone, Chinese industrial zone, and also some European are making now some industrial zone. That's why I'm happy to invite also the American to think about a new American industrial zone in the, around the Suez Canal area. I think that with all the, 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 the ambitious ideas which we are uh, drawing now, and also the vision, the residency has been declared the Egyptian vision for 2030, which has a great an opportunity for the foreign direct investment to come. Not even considering the Egyptian market, but also to, in, to, to enjoy also all the facility among Africa, among uh, Middle East, and also the special agreement which we have with the uh, European Union. I think this is, when we talk about Africa, with all the 53 Africa, which is a free trade agreement started 
when one year ago, and also with the European market, which started our agreement nearly 10 years ago, and also with all the facility between the Arabic countries and the Middle East countries, you have exceeded around 2 billion inhabitants in the market. Egypt is a gate to Africa with all these facilities, with all these uh, uh, vision which is drawing for the new industrial zones and also the facility for transport and also the chances for uh, producing a lot of things to be exported to, to the external market, either in, in Africa or the others, it's a great chance to move uh, ahead and also to invite the foreign direct investors to come uh, to invest in Egypt. I think today, uh, really, I'm, I'm glad to hear Prince Turkey talking about the most important issue, which is also touching Muslims. I think the Israeli-Palestinian conflict has to move ahead. Nobody accepts what's going on, what's done happened before, pretending Jerusalem. Absolutely nobody accepts it. And of course, it is something happened from one part, neglecting all the other parts, and I think the worldwide nobody is, is, is approved these actions concerning Jerusalem. To solve the problem, the Palestinian problem, you have to see, and also to talk about the five famous issues. Nobody will accept less than this. And this is also the gate to, to produce the peace process in the area. I think it's a great chance also for the uh, President uh, Biden or to continue. And I think I'm glad really for this president that he has a great experience about Middle East issues. He was there and he's been drawing a lot of policies and he also knows what's going on in the Middle East and also for each country separate. I think that this is a very important issue to be discussed and to be started in with a great will. We, this determination for the will to solve this problem can be done. And also, if you just estimate that these initiatives which come from our, our, our friend in Emirate to start to, to have a good relation with, uh, with Israel and also Bahrain, also maybe Sudan and also maybe other countries, we are glad for this. We are happy to cooperate with Israeli people, but not to kill the other people or to, to, to take their rights. I think Jerusalem is for all Muslims, for all religions, not only a part of their capital. Nobody will accept that. The second thing is now what's appeared in, the, in what's happening during the, the past few months. We find some people start to uh, insult Prophet Muhammad. Do you know how much could be dangerous these things? Do you know they are touching the feeling? of two, million, two billion inhabitants, nobody will accept that. And this is also a, gay, a way and a great gate to enter the terrorism worldwide. I think um, as a parliamentary man, as MP, I'm happy to invite United Nations, to call the United Nations, also to call the Congress, and also to call the International Parliament, and to call all the people to start to talk about new legislation in order to uh, eliminate this uh, uh, attitude and also to criminalize who is going to touch the, uh, the, the, the God messages, the Prophet Muhammad or any other Prophet 
also to touch or insult any religion. Nobody can accept this. I think it's worthwhile now that all the people, all the community start to think about a new legislation in order to defeat these people worldwide. Last thing is to talk about is it is a question of the terrorism. Tourism worldwide, you know what's happening now in the world. And you know what the role of Egypt, what's been doing in the past six years when we defeat them in Sinai and we kick them away from this area. It takes take a lot of our, our men, our uh, great people from the, our military and also our, our army. I think Egypt has been defeated the terrorists, also facing them uh, uh, lonely uh, and defeat in front of a big risk for these things. But we, we ha well, I'm happy to say that now in China is around 89, uh, sorry, 98% is clean now from uh, away from the tourism. It's a small area which is going to be done in very short time. I'm happy to say this because this is a, a, a great effort. Although we are keen to make our uh, proceeding to our development uh, program, we also try to reinforce our military in order to defeat all this terrorism. It's the time that President Biden also realized who is encouraging this terrorism. There are some countries which call these them and, and host them in their country and finance them and give, give them a media platform to stay there. I think it's a time also to start to talk about these countries and to take some legal step about these leaders which host these terrorists uh, for a political issue or for other issues which are not acceptable uh, worldwide. I think we have a great future together, Egypt and America, and we think very well, that America can do a lot, can do a lot in the Middle East, can understand the big achievement which happened in the last 10 years. Middle East is not the same as 10 years ago. Middle East, the youth people comes with another idea, with another mentality, with another perception, which has to be considered. Nobody will accept now somebody to interfere for internal affairs. This is absolutely unacceptable, but the people, has to understand that all the, the doors are open for cooperation in, in, in different aspects. We have to, to, to think how to create this new vision, how to do the benefit and, uh, between uh, United States and also the Middle East countries, and maybe also have a third party, and I believe also Europe. If we talk about this triangle in future, we'll, we'll have something which we'll never forget, and the people, which are going to face this problem and solve this problem will be have a great history and also the people will, will, will have a great estimation. I think uh, it's worthwhile to invite all my friends, all my colleagues to see modern Egypt and how this experience, how it's done the Egyptian when they support their leader. Uh, Mr. President Fatah Assis has been making a great job and we are happy to support him and to stand, to stand behind him and to say thanks, Mr. Sisi, for all the effort which is done for the Egypt. I believe the stability and security in Egypt is affecting all the stability and security in the Middle East. And the Middle East and Egypt, 
one task to be respected and to be dealt in in a way that has to be stable and has to be uh, encouraged for the development, which can also make a great chance with the cooperation with America and with all the others. Thank you again for my uh, for your patience and for my speech. But I hope to see you again soon. And thank you to Mr. John Doc and Mr. Patrick and Mr. All, all the, the, the colleagues for the great chance to, uh, to, 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 to invite me. And I hope you, to see you soon in Egypt in order to see and to arise as our friend, as a guest. And also, I, I think that, that, that the chance to invite all our colleagues for the businessmen, all the investors to come to see Egypt. There is a great opportunity to come here and to make a mutual business together for the benefit of us, of Egypt and America. And all our colleagues are, have this chance, I hope, to get it soon as much as we can. Thank you again. Thank you, Mr. Alain. Uh, it's seldom that uh, Americans in the mainstream media here are as up to date about the progress being made in Egypt's economic reforms, its commercial reforms, its more uh, uh, enticing, inviting rules and regulations that have encouraged people to invest to a greater degree uh, than ever before. And that you're, you're part of the bridge, you're at both ends of the bridge uh, in helping to make this uh, happen. Uh, we're indebted to you, sir, because Egypt does not ordinarily get the positive uh, press in the United States, but you've, you've had a, an important corrective of this and brought a greater degree of mizan, a balanced uh, picture and rounded perspective. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you.